So what's going on, everybody? Welcome to season four of Faith, Fun, and Motivation. As you know, I'm your boy, latest love, Calvin, Uncle Calvin. We also have my girl, Motivation Estella, and my boy, Pastor Ray. And Happy New Year. So Happy New Year. We are so glad to be back. <laughs> Uh, we know um, this break was longer than any break that uh, we've ever done, but trust me, we've come back better, improved, stronger than ever. Welcome to the Faith, Fun, and Motivation Podcast, where we desire to bring hope through faith while healing through fun and living, laughing, and loving daily, and inspiration through holistically motivating our listeners to love themselves and others to the glory of God. Thanks for tuning in. We are already celebrating New Year's and we got Martin Luther King Day coming up. Yeah. And so we just want to go, we just want to go to get the haze and how y'all doing out the way. So Pastor Ray Erica, how y'all doing? How 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 New Year treat y'all? It's 2022. Ladies first. <laughs> 2022 is off to a really great start. Really great start. Um, the break allowed me to really, you know get my mind clear, think about what direction I wanted to go with several things. Um, got a good jump on book number two. I know I've been, you know, you can get writer's block real quick <laughs> with so many things going on. And so just removing some things off of my plate and clearing my mind. Um, I know I announced, um, on Motivational Monday and on my page, uh, Motivational Stella, that I am really going forth with an Etsy business page. And so I'm putting some shirts and going to be advertising some sales about shirts on that page. So hoping for the best. That's the direction that I felt real passionate about. I got quite some useful tools over the holiday Christmas, you know, that's going to help me with that. So, you know, all's good. That's what's up. What's new with you, Pastor Ray? What's going on with you, man? What's new with me, man? The holidays for us was just uh, an awakening of a new season for us. Um, some of you know that I um, lost my mother-in-law um, back at the end of August. And so not having her around or available for the holidays was different. Um, and then I think because of the loss of my mother-in-law, we completely did not um, plan for what it would feel like to be without any of our kids. Um, this is the first time in our 21 years of being married that we didn't have a kid in, under our care to spend the holidays with um, because all of our kids have moved back well, the last of the kids moved back <laughs> to St. Louis. And so... Yeah, that's um, computer issue. <laughs> See, this ain't cool. This ain't cool. It's not cool. <laughs> it's not cool. No, no, no. Just but, but real talk, all our, our, our youngest moved back to Missouri during the holiday, uh, before the holidays. And so... This is the first time in our marriage that we have been without any of our kids for the holidays. So it was very quiet, but all the same, I mean, you learn to embrace the, se in, in, in embrace the season that you're in and you develop new traditions. So that's where we're at right now. So um, this will be the first uh, Martin Luther King holiday that we weren't at some school function. Right. I I kind of said that the other day too, that this will be the first Martin Luther King holiday that sororities and fraternities weren't getting together to do some big production celebration, you know, volunteer, you know, opportunity. I'm glad. I'm glad y'all sororities and fraternities ain't doing that. I'm tired of you suckers coming to my funeral home asking for money and donations around Martin Luther King Day. So I'm glad y'all ain't doing that. Thank you, Jesus, the COVID. Thank you, Jesus. 
tired of y'all just because a black man got a funeral home. Y'all think we got all the money in the world. <laughs> uh, no. But then when y'all die, y'all want to call somebody else. No, of course. And you got a very lucrative good. business there these Whatever. days, huh? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what I got. Yeah, tired of y'all calling me, goddamn. Yeah, Molly the King Day is coming up, and so this is our what our Molly the King episode. It is. Yep. So, it so is. The, so, yeah. is so did anybody mm-hmm. do their homework? Homework. Exactly. <laughs> Listen. So I got a question that's really been in my mind um, all day. So you look at. This is what, 2022, right? Uh-huh. And you look at how social media has evolved into what it is today. Mm-hmm. It is such a big part of the way electronics is and social media is a big part of our lives. Right. If you think, do you think that if social media was vibrant the way it is now, if it would have been as vibrant during the civil rights movement, during Martin Luther King Day, do you think that that would have affected the civil rights movement in a positive or a negative way if they had the tools of the internet and social media the way that we have it now? I, I definitely think it would have affected it positively. I mean, when you think how far of a reach you have with social media and with when, when you have such an impactful following like like you have (laughs) I mean your word your words far stretch anything you could have ever imagined and so with this kind of power so to speak that we have today and it's you have such a huge voice that can be heard for miles and far stretch states, probably f- way more impactful than his actual, you know, the day he gave the I, I have a dream speech in front of the Washington Monument. It, Washington would have been flooded. Pastor, what's your thoughts on that? I have to say yes to both and my basis on that is based on what we see right now um sure um having social media uh capabilities in the 60s would have accelerated um the civil rights movement but also it would have accelerated those that were against it so just like today where we have a lot of misinformation flooding the social media information highway, um, you would have the converse on the other side. So I don't know how much of a difference it would have made on either, like if one would have outweighed the other. Um, Of course, being African-American, I would have hoped that it would have way more positive implications than it would be negative but that's really hard to say because if if we put social media capabilities available at that period of time, we also got to remember that that's available to people that have the ability to have the to tools. So in, in the 60s, we wouldn't have been on the uh, receiving end of having the ability to do that. Certain people like Dr. King, he came from a middle-class family. So likely he would have had those abilities, but would many of his followers have had that ability? Who knows? But he, and, and I see your point, but to, to Calvin's, what he's saying is, if this was that time with those, even the, you know, the, the one thing that the homeless have, they have social media, they have devices, they they show that they use it. So 
You know, yeah. I mean, I, you can't you can't separate it like that. You really can't because it's it's available to everybody in some form. It takes so, nothing to create a Facebook account, but you got to be over 13 years of age. It takes nothing to create any of the other forums. You could be six and have an Instagram. You could be a dog and have an Instagram. So, you know, it, those I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify it as low income and, and middle class and that they would have those because everybody has a cell phone. True, Cal. What do you think? What's been milling around your head as you thought about that question? I don't know. I mean, it just, it was, I was talking to a uh, just, we was talking about the evolution of social media and just, you know, the whole how everything just evolved and how it actually started. And so my little king, they you know coming up, I mean, a few days. And so I didn't ask him that, but it just, I just, you know, just some little random question, but it kept thinking in my mind like okay what if they had do, do we need to restart to this zoom link just social media like we have back then i wondered how much would that change um, or change in it but why do you ask that why do you ask that because you were you were broken up this time and we barely heard or understood anything you said so, so just, it's so, it's like so, we it's so, just like we have a bad connection. So you so yeah. you just felt the need to cut me off and wait till we get all the way here and cut me off out of <laughs> we everybody. We done made it this doggone far <laughs> and you just gonna cut me off. Oh You've been breaking up this whole time and you just gonna break me off. Like right now, you talking, your mouth ain't even moving. <laughs> so you did. Pastor Raymond <laughs> broke up on mine. You done broke up on mine. We all done broke up. Really? We all have broken up. This is up. a bad connection. Maybe we on too early. Maybe it needs to lie. be like 8.30. Okay. Start at 8.30. I, I bet it's going to be a two-man podcast. I can tell you that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it, this is strike one and strike two. In the most strikes, I'm not why strike two? What happened? What was strike two? First, you're breaking up, and then you're cutting me out. That's like one thing. Historically, what has Martin Luther I mean, King Day been? Back on his own. <laughs> what? What? So we. So we're just going to keep on going. Erase my outside of this and just keep going. Just keep it going. I mean, you still here. We still here. I, I mean, you know. All right. So let's ask you a question again. We can just edit my outside of there. Go ahead. I was going to ask the question, historically, what has Martin Luther King Day been for you? Or to you. Yes, you go ahead. I think um, I, I want to say at least within the past six, seven years, um, it's been an opportunity for my boys to learn the history of Dr. Martin Luther King. I don't necessarily think that even the school that I went to, high school that I went to we didn't really learn about, they didn't really teach about that part of history. They maybe just grazed over the surface of it. I really didn't learn about Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X until college. Oh, and so I let me ask a, you a question. And I let took me... a special course just Hold on. to Chris learn Paul. that. Chris Paul, Pastor Ray, this question for you too. Did y'all go to a public school or? Mm -hmm. A predominantly white public school. See, for me, I guess for me going to a private school, 
history was just fourth as on the forefront as all history. Like we learned about black history year right. That was literally. But think about where you like, live. We had two different history books. <laughs> think about where you live, though. <laughs> it was part of the curriculum because it happened in the South. <laughs> no, no, we're, no, no. We're in the Midwest. <laughs> but the reason why I asked about public schools and private schools, not to say that, okay, I'm better than anybody else. It's the same way down here where they learn about it, okay, maybe once or twice, or they barely mention it during Black History Month. But for me, it was like I was shocked because the school I went to, you know, like from since August to May, you were hearing Martin Luther King just as much as you were about the other presidents and about, you know, everything else and learn about American history. That was all in one for me. Missouri is a Republican state. <laughs> We're a Republican state. I can get, well, but, but again, look at where you are. That history is enriched in the South. We're we're in the Midwest, and that wasn't something that they carved a special section out and taught, especially certain times of the year. They they didn't. There's a lot to be said, um, Erica and Calvin, that when we were in school, um, well, first of all, there's an age difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You actually met You actually met one. You actually marched with my kid. The, 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 you, you, you. Right, you but there's, there's still an age, <laughs> there's an age difference. Because I'm pretty sure when either Erica or myself were in school, you might have been just born. And, and so that being said, the curriculum was slightly, well, no, it was vastly different. <laughs> because, <laughs> because even <laughs> where, where you live, Calvin, most of the things that, most of the big things that happen in the South happened right in your state. So it's really <laughs> hard to whitewash the events on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. You, you can't, can't whitewash that. Yeah, because I got a lot of co-workers, a lot of employees that I got, I still got a lot of history books from when I did go to school that they were never taught right here in Alabama. Right here. But the thing about it is, though, they live there. And I'm a call, I'm a call. There's no reason, there's no reason for anyone of color to not know the history in Alabama, to not know the surroundings of what occurred there, um, to not know. There, there's no excuse. Even if it wasn't taught in school, y'all's family runs roots deep through Alabama. So are you saying that anyone of color from just my state or people of color in general? Born there. Born there. Born and raised in Alabama. Born and raised in Alabama. That's what I'm talking about. Born and raised in Alabama. So let me ask you this. Why would it just be pinpointed to us in Alabama? I'm not I mean, where you're coming from, but it's a, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to call you out by any means. I'm just trying to get you. I'm the, and and I'm not I'm not talking, I'm just talking about the history. For anybody born and raised in 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 Alabama, if their family was born and raised in Alabama, there's lines and lines and generations of generations that should know about the history and the things that impacted that happened in Alabama that changed history. When, when, when we moved to South Carolina and Trey was uh, in school here, so he entered into the school system in South Carolina during his sophomore year. When it came to his knowledge regarding history in South Carolina, it was this. 
because you're in your school system, in your state, there are certain events in your state that they teach on, whether it's, you know, actual factual or whether it's whitewashed, there are things specific to your state that they teach in history classes. Like for instance, in Missouri, you learn about the Dred Scott ruling. Um, you may not know about that or learn about that in Alabama, just like we didn't learn about a lot of the events that happened in Alabama. And it's because why? We're in Missouri and they're teaching about the state history versus American history. And we all know that in most school systems in the United States, they teach a very systematic American history that leaves out certain things. When you're born in a state, like for instance, if you are in South Dakota or North Dakota, you learn way more about American history, uh, American Indian or Native American history than you do anywhere else. Because when you go to school or when you drive through the neighborhood, you, you drive past reservations. And so, I mean, my, my school experience is probably similar to that of Erica's in the sense that it wasn't until much later in life that I learned about the, what happened on the Edmund Pettus Bridge or about the, the, the church that was blown up with the kids in it. Mm -hmm. So let me get back to your question then. Um, that, to me, this is making that your question even more uh, powerful than what I thought it was. Well, what does Martin Luther King Day mean to y'all? I mean, because for one thing, to be down here and drive by and learn about those things and for y'all to be taught about it, um, what does it mean to y'all then? Well, like like I said, it 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 means a it means a lot to me. It's part of history. It's part of our our culture. Um, to be able to have an opportunity for my kids to, you know, they're, as I said, they're not being taught it in school at that, you know, they weren't being taught it in school and to be able to go to a program that they'll actually, you know, hear it, feel it, see it, even with some, you know, members that from the fraternities and sororities that are older that lived during that time? Um, for me, Calvin, <clears throat> I, think it, I think it's really cool how God has brought us, us together, us three together. Um, and I say that because right now, Calvin, so my grandfather was actually born in Alabama, but I've never visited Alabama. My grandfather's been dead for at least two decades. Don't um, you miss it, I've so, driven through Alabama. That's I, I, I haven't even <laughs> driven. I haven't even driven through Alabama. And so, just this past weekend, my wife and I were at the movie, and they 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 ran like a little uh, ad or commercial specific to um, the history in Alabama that you that you need to go through that and Calvin I may get this wrong so by all means correct me but it's, it it tells you that you know if you really want to get a snapshot of the civil rights movement as it pertains to Alabama that you will need to go to Mobile you need to go to um, Birmingham and they named another place but all three of these places uh, I guess one highway highway runs through them and for me personally, as a, a now 47-year-old adult, I have done a lot of research myself when it comes to African-American history. And I, I, I took my kids to DC to tour the Capitol. And at the Capitol, when you go to the Capitol and you actually do a real tour, they make you watch a 20-minute video where they, they, they don't even hide it. They tell you that the places that you're going to tour today, the monuments that you will be walking through were built on the backs of African slaves. I wasn't taught that in school. 
in school, we were told, you know, hey, we got this amazing country and nation and, you know, all these beautiful monuments and this, Ameri I mean, this amazing capital, but they never once told us how and who built those things. And so when we went to, when we went to the Holocaust Museum, we've never been to Germany. When we went to the Holocaust Museum, when I saw how that impacted my children, I was like, okay, we, we gotta do better. And, and now when, when we went, we weren't able to go to the African-American Museum, History Museum, because it wasn't open yet. So I look forward to going, Martin Luther King Day for me is a reminder that there is so much rich history that our people have been ignorant to that now that I'm of the age that I am and I have some of the opportunities I have, like we, we like I said, I'm glad to have met you because now when we come through Alabama, we got a friend that we can stop through, hang out, kick it with. But at the same time, we got a purpose to learn some of our history while there. I want to go to the museum where um, the, the uh, what is it called? I think it's in, I think it's in Birmingham. What the slavery the civil museum. Rights museum? Yeah, yeah, the Civil Rights Museum. Yeah, I, I, I have been wanting to go to that for years. I've started visiting plantations. Here in South Carolina, I did some in New Orleans. Because I want to see what it I think V took me to a plantation. And didn't we call you when we were on that plantation last summer? Yeah. I, you know, North Carolina is the closest that I've ever been to like Washington, DC. And and I know that we had planned to take a trip there, but everything's closed because of COVID. So there's no real, you know, reason to drive drive that way. But eventually, you know, we will and I'll get that opportunity to go see those things up close and personal. But I, I wouldn't mind, as I said, I've driven through Alabama, but no getting to see the Civil Rights Museum. And okay, this is this is the second time y'all have said that. Who y'all know here? I don't. I drove through it coming from Atlanta. No. I've driven through. You, 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 you missed my question. No, we know I you. Thought. We know you. Who gonna take y'all to all these places, man? You better. Y'all got a smartphone. Oh, you ain't gotta take got us. We'll media. we'll we'll get there. All we'll I get need, there. We're very resourceful. Right. All I need from Calvin is either a fish fry or a fish fry and a and a room. A what? A room. A what? A room. Put us up. Put us put us up in it's your house. Captain, yes. It's a it's a Captain D's and a um, <laughs> and a um, Motel Six right next to each other, cuz. You can get all the fish in the room you want. If y'all come no, to sorry, South Carolina, there's no way, there's no way I want you guys staying in some nasty motel hotel. No. Man, look, I know, listen, sis, would I look at it. you like you crazy if you say, I told Erica she was staying in a hotel. She be, what? <laughs> I, I have a drink. I have a drink. You better have a dream yeah. that you are hosting a dream your that and a dream that your faith, fun, and motivation family came to your house and you treated them like they were family and invited them into your home and you cooked for them. You gave them a place to lay their head. You took time out of your day to 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 hang with them and spend time and fellowship. Captain I have B's that dream. Captain B's and Hampton Men is off for exit two three zero. You would get there before you get to my house. I'm just letting you know that you right off the interstate. It's a Walmart right there and everything. Y'all so oh no, I have your address. My 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 GPS is taking me straight to your house. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you can knock, but you ain't getting in. That's all I can say. I want to see what you feel. <laughs> Since we recording that, tell the people, go ahead, see what you feel, man. <laughs> we family pastor. It's, it's all on your face. Might as well say it. 
if you listen to this audio, <laughs> I need you to come to Facebook and look us up on Face Fun and Motivation and uh, look at Pastor Ray's face. Don't want to say it, Ray. Come on, Pastor. Ain't Pastor Ray yesterday. is a little uh, perturbed with me and Calvin at the moment. Uh, perturbed is the word. <laughs> a mild let's word say, let's, let's just say this better work <laughs> it's working so far it's working so far <laughs> it's working so far so listen so listen so listen, listen, listen I got a question I know we don't none of us know Martin Luther King personally but from the words that he has spoken I know that we're not completely where he would like us to be as a people. Mm-hmm. But do you think some of the milestones that we probably have crossed since then, do you think that he would be proud from where we've come since then? <sighs> I, I'm a, you know, I think we've taken so many steps backwards. (laughs) And I I think that had a a lot to do. Bottom line, people don't like change. People don't like change. And anytime you have progressive change to align with the direction of the way history is going. Um, You're going to have people pushing back on some of that change because they're just not ready for it. And when you go from even Barack Obama, he had a rough first two years, then a rough last two years to four years of, and I'm going to say this, one of the worst people in the world running the free state, the free state, the free country, um, to having the first woman, the first black woman Um, being a vice president of the United States, that that change is just stifling for some people. And they they just don't want to believe that we, we have to grow as a nation. And growing as a nation does not mean staying in one warped, time zone of history but it's it's a bad time and I can't even as a mother of you know African-American sons it's it's hard for me to even really talk about but I feel it I, I feel that we've taken so many steps backwards after going forward that we could still be in the 60s if 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 you so let me ask you this question without us getting kicked off facebook and all the other platforms <laughs> um i get it where you're coming from and I understand what you're saying i'm, I'm trying with to us, be as politically correct as i can about it but with us all right so i'm just using your words you said that you know you feel like We've taken some steps back. Could this new age and day, could us as a people maybe be somewhat to blame? Not all, but somewhat to blame? I mean, we just can't put it on everyone else as a whole. No, and I think that would be a fair statement to make because you have... So many people believe in not, and we can go back to talking about voting. Um, so many people believe that their vote doesn't count. So why should they vote? Um, you have this younger generation that 
I don't know. They're all like, gimme, 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 gimme. They don't want to work for anything. They don't understand that concept. And you think about all the, the things that help build us as a generation. And even if I was to talk about the, you know, the family structure, there's a lot of that family structure that's not in place today. Um, to have those certain upbringings with core values and, and morals that build character. Um, there aren't those TV shows aren't around that people watch that were actually shows and not toxic real life reality shows. They were actually <laughs> physical shows with a plot, with dialogue that helped you see different. I hate to cut y'all that. That's my, that was the reason why I asked that question. And Ray, I want to hear what you say is because I'm, I'm at an age and I, I mean, I guess I'm kind of in that gray area with my generation because you see how grandmama and like, I remember seeing grandmama and granddad and mom and dad stay together. I come from a two house, two parent household, but then you see, I can sit here and talk to my mom and dad and their generation and get that old school, but then I can turn around and see this younger generation and they're talking completely different. So you're literally seeing two different generations that are night and day. And for that younger generation, part of me gets it. Part of me gets it because, I mean, this is a whole different time. There's a lot of things that this new generation has and just like the whole technology thing, like I was talking about, that was one of the main reasons why I started with that question. Um, because, you know, they have the whole technology. I mean, I remember how cell phones first were and how they are now. And I remember life without technology and how it is now. So that's what made me really ask that question. Because if you look at a generation after me, I, I kind of feel like my generation was kind of like that fading and transition generation. You went from grandmama and granddad and mom and dad, and then you got this new generation type of deal. So we kind of had the best of both worlds. So that's what kind of made me ask that question. I remember how to spell hello on a pager. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, that's how quickly the times and the technology changed. And I, I just think that kids nowadays have too much technology available to them too much access to smut on the internet that, you know, if they don't have a strong family structure, what are they actually being taught? And Pastor Ray, I, I, I can go. Yeah. Um, and I actually agree with you, Erica. I think King, I think Dr. King would be pleased on the macro level. You know, you look at the fact that, yes, we, we have a, a, an African-American female as the vice president. We've had an African-American male as the president of the United States. We've made some tremendous strides on the macro level. But on the micro level, I think he would be really disheartened. He would be disheartened with the, the, the Black family that we've abjugated our responsibilities to actually raise our kids. We've, we've farmed that out to institutions that haven't been well. Um, and one of those institutions is the black church. Um, <clears throat> he, would, he would not be happy with the lack of male leadership in the home. Um, he would not be happy with some of the low value we show one another. You know, um, crime has always been a part of humanity, but let's just, let's just be honest. Um, we are more violent towards one another than King would have ever imagined. And even signed, I mean, he, he would be disgusted by the fact that the alarming rate that we kill one another, and I'm not talking about gun violence alone, I'm talking about abortion as well. 
All of it. Um, it's, just, it's just in a hole. Right. And so on a micro level, I think he would really be sickened and he would be preaching a different message to um, the African-American community now. And he would be preaching pretty much the same message that he was preaching when he was alive to the white church. Um, challenging <laughs> them to say if they were truly, truly teaching God's word, how is it that we have fewer multicultural churches when God has always been a multicultural God? I mean, from the, from the start, from Genesis in the formation of the nations, you talk about the Tower of Babel. That wasn't a punishment when God scattered the people and caused many tribes and tongues. He told them to scatter. They chose not to scatter. And they chose to come together and build a tower to show God how bad, in a, in a, bad in a good way, that they were, that they didn't need him. They could build a tower up into to the, to the heavens. And God decided, no, I'm going to confuse your languages. And then you're going to scatter. So now we then get all the languages of the world and the cultures are birthed out of that because that was God's design in the first place. He told them to scatter. And so the, the, the current church systems have not been good at scattering. They've been real good at preserving tradition to the extent that we don't have a lot of culturally diverse churches. You may have some unicultural churches that have multicolors. And what I mean by that is that it's possible to have a church with racial and ethnic diversity, but if the leadership is all one culture, then that's the culture that's making all the decisions. That's not multicultural. King would not be pleased with that. He would challenge our, our African-American churches to consider the context in which they exist in, such as our more upwardly uh, mobile, financially mobile churches that are African-American that live in a multicultural community. Why don't you reflect your community? And so I think he would be, again, I think he would be pleased on a macro level, reasonably, and he would be disheartened on a micro level, on a much, much smaller scale, telling the, the Black family and telling families at large, you're missing it. So let me ask you this, then: Do you think um, us as a people, do we truly celebrate Martin Luther King Day? Or are we just happy that, you know, hey, we get a day off. If you get a day off, you know, I ain't got to go back to school to Tuesday. I don't have to go back to school to Wednesday. This is a chance for me to sleep to 10, 11, 12 o'clock, you know, finally take that Christmas tree down that I should have took down, you know, 15 days ago type deal. Or do do you think that people actually celebrate the full meaning of Martin Luther King? No. Be reckless for me to speak for all Black people, so I just speak for myself. And when we were raising our kids, sure, we went to the parades. We may have watched one of the King movies that was aired on the local station. But when I think about celebrating Dr. King on a personal level, I think about it in terms of I was at a funeral today of someone that lived a, 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 an amazing life. The way in which you honor people is how you remember them on a, on a daily basis. Like when Big Mama dies, if Big Mama used to bring the family together, one of the ways that you honor Big Mama is that you do what Big Mama did. Somebody steps up and brings the family together. Somebody is the person that's now going to take her recipes and apply them so that when people gather to remember Big Mama, Oh, you, you got her recipe. This pie tastes just like hers. Or when, you know, when we're honoring somebody the way we treat people. And so if we're truly celebrating the life of one Reverend Dr. King, you, you should see it in how we live regularly rather than just during a particular season. Yeah, I, I think 
anything short of conducting a march <laughs> and making a stand and you know acknowledging the the change that he made in in our nation's history just isn't a celebration of him If, if, if we're not, you know, reinforcing his words and, and reinforcing on a consistent basis what he wanted, knowing that that's not how we're living today. That's what you care. No. To answer my question now. Uh, I never got Martin Luther King day off. Um, for us, we ne- we just never. You have to understand. From I'm gonna go back to how my school done it. Uh, we sell we learn about Black history all throughout the year. So when that day came along, um, I'm not gonna. I don't want to say. I don't want to be redundant and say that it. I don't want to weaken the day for what it is to say that it didn't matter but we learn through it throughout the year. So to celebrate it, uh, that's my question, to celebrate it, I, I really did. Uh, I really did just because, I mean, I tried to, a lot of the core things that he talked about, I tried to live throughout the year anyway, um, or at least I tried to. But I mean, a lot of the things that he talked and preached about, I agree with it were actually a part of my upbringing. But to just celebrate that particular day, I never did. Um, I never did. I mean, just it is what it is. I mean, not to take away from who he is and what he does. I mean, of course, he's a great man. But I mean, just to say, hey, okay, this is you know like Valentine's Day, so hey, let me go out and buy the one who I love, or this is Christmas, or. This is Thanksgiving or this is like, you know, one particular day and I'm just going to do it just because of this one particular day. I never celebrated in that regard. But like I said, I mean, I think a lot of his core values are what he talked about and preached about. If you really think about it with a lot of the stuff that our parents tried to give us an upbringing. And right. So, I mean, it's kind of piggybacking off of what Ray just said. Right. That was just me. So let me ask y'all this. Do any one of y'all have the list? Go ahead. You know what, Calvin, you made me think about something. And and as a little I kid, that. I do that from time to time. As 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 a little kid, uh learning about Dr. King, when I was sitting in an all-white school, because we were picked to be part of a program that was just new to St. Louis with desegregation. And so we were driven, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes outside of our neighborhoods into an all white school and hearing what he went through and what it was that he had a dream about for me hit differently because I was like, so I'm supposed to be a part of what it is that he's talking about. And so I found myself and I mean this in, in the utmost respect and in a healthy way, I found myself feeling like um, I had this responsibility as a person of color, as I entered into these white spaces to be a catalyst for the change in which he preached about, taught on and attempted to live. So I don't think it's a mistake or, or, an, or an accident that I, I have pursued trying to be a racial reconciler so that the last two churches that I've been a pastor of or an at have been all white. To bring awareness to the disparities that have existed for over 200 years in our country. So I hope one of the things that can be said about me is that I continued his legacy but more than continued his legacy, that I was doing exactly what Christ said for us to do was to go to all nations. That's what's up. That's what's up. So listen, listen, I got a question. Do any one of y'all have the list that we made out for um, the future topics that we got um, coming up? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. All right, listen. So here we go. Listen, um, this is the fourth season of Faith Fun and Motivation. Um, before we get up out of here like we normally do, um, I'm gonna ask Erica, you know, to read off some of them lists. Well, we got some amazing people who we got coming in um as special guests this year. Uh, one of them I'm gonna have to, I won't be here for. Uh yeah, I ain't gonna be here for her at all. I'm gonna let y'all know that man. <laughs> I'm going to come in, I'm going to do my <laughs> opening, and then I'm out of here. But we're going oh to give, give y'all some of these topics so y'all can look forward to. Um, and as we always talk about, um, if you have any topics that um, you would love to hear us do, drop them down in the comments and um, let us know. But um, Erica, before we do our final closing, let them know what we'll be talking about this year, or this season. So, Okay. <laughs> So when does she come on anyway? Um, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. So um, the next week's is going to be about uh, work and life balance. So we're gonna definitely so, talk about. Is that the one she's gonna be on? No, balancing of <laughs> balancing families, blended families, and and relationships. Um, actually, no. The next one is about blended families. Then we're going to talk about work-life balance. That's the um, one you're going to be on, right? No. She'll be yeah, on the, no. the third. She'll be on the fourth one, Miss Regina Cotton. Um, and we're going to talk about women empowerment. Ain't going to be him. <laughs> Ain't going to be him. I'm going to let y'all, y'all know now. I'm going to be on see, I'm going to be on episode two. We'll be on episode three, but episode four. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have fun. the I don't have the beautified topics like Pastor. You know, Pastor generally cleans them up, so I have the rough sketch of what we're talking about. So after women empowerment, we're going to talk about Valentine's Day foolishness. <laughs> that's Calvin's looking forward to that one. I can't wait to tell y'all what I'm doing for Valentine. <laughs> Um, then um the one after that um we've got one we're going to talk about family matters um we're going to talk about black history and the last two Mm -hmm. i don't have (laughs) we just thought of one we're going to bring on another special guest Yep. I don't know what the topic is. And these are going to, this is a, a Christian couple. So we're, it's a Christian couple from TikTok. Listen, listen. So I, I, I want the last two. I know we, I know we came up with nine. And I told you I wanted um, number 10 for myself. I want the last two. Since she, okay. since she just forgot, I want the last two. Well, okay. it's Pastor Mike and Lulu. Right. He's going to be that. The last two gonna be like a, a a one and two a part one and part two. Is it really? Okay. Like a part one and part two. But anyway, before we get up out of here, we need some motivation. Then we need some faith. And then you know, Uncle Calvin always gonna bring you the fun. So I I always have you know some motivation, but you know it is. Founders Day. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated is celebrating 114 years of sisterhood. And so January 15th, just tomorrow, we're going to be, everything is going to be pink and green. Your timeline is going to be blown up, pink and green. Just for warning you, putting it out there. That's what I'm saying. So before, <laughs> before Martin Luther King celebration, you're going to have Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated Founders Day where timelines are going to be pink and green. Oh, Lord. Anyway, Pastor, go. go ahead. Go ahead. There we go. I'm, there we go. Ain't nobody oh. asked her to do all that. I'm so glad she ain't trying to do this whole. I'm so glad she ain't trying to do this whole podcast, pink and green, and all that. I, did, I, did, I didn't. The Pastor, go ahead. Go I represent it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want. I want to read to you guys an excerpt out of Letters from the Birmingham Jail, written by Dr. King. 
And now I want to leave you with a challenge. It says, uh, the Negro has many pent up resentments and latent frustrations, and he must release them. So let him march. Let him make prayer, prig, prig, let him make prayer pilgrimages to the city hall. Let him go on freedom rides and try to understand why he must do so. If his repressed emotions are not released in nonviolent ways, they will seek expression through violence. This is not a threat, but a fact of history. So I have said, so, so I have not said to my people, get rid of your discontent. Rather, I've tried to say that this normal and healthy discontent can be channeled into creative outlets of nonviolent direct action. And now this approach is being termed extremist. Because I get to pastor in a majority culture space, and I have told them often that when it's an unarmed African-American um, police-involved shooting or some other type of event that happens um, to or in the African-American community, I have challenged them when they have said, I have Black friends to call and check on them. Dr. King has told us to let them march, let them protest, let them speak. And so what I wanna challenge any of our listeners, especially those that are of the majority culture context, like for instance, just a couple of weeks ago, we had the verdict regarding the three individuals that shot Amar Arbery. Did you call and check on your brothers and sisters to ask them how are they doing? Because if they were persons of color, chances are they were waiting, hoping that this verdict would have ended up the way in which it did. Because guess what? Had that verdict turned out another way, really? it would have continued to prove that our lives really don't matter. Don't matter. King wanted to, did his best to, communicate, not that we needed to be at the top of the food chain, but rather we need to have a seat at the table and a voice in the conversation. So I pray, I hope that in the faith of Christ, that you see people that are colored differently than you as equally as important and of value to society and treat them as such. Treat us as such. Be blessed, be well. All right, listen, 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 listen. As we all know, Martin Luther King was a trailblazer, a man who, a Renaissance man, a man who we will always remember. He was a trailblazer. He was a man who was not afraid, afraid to be different and stand up for what was right. Um, I know that this, I haven't really brought the funny into this um, podcast because this is a man who I admire, who I look up to. Um, I don't call too many people role models. I don't call, I don't have too many heroes. But far as me, Martin Luther King Jr. was one of those men. And so for me, I mean this, I'm being all serious right now as I possibly can. Um, I'm going to go a little different route than my two co-hosts have done. And I'm going to say this. I need y'all to look me in my face when I say this. If you don't take anything else from this podcast, take these very next words. Download TikTok and follow your boy at Ladies Love Calvin. Martin Luther King had a dream and that dream for what for us to be equal across every major platform, across Facebook, across equal. Instagram. Equal. I, I need about 30,000 more followers. Equal across this. Equal. Amen. Amen. And if you don't do anything else, follow your boy. I shut up. Both of y'all shut up. Both of y'all shut up. 
on Martin Luther King Day, I believe from the depth of my soul that it would not make him any more happy for you to follow a man of God such as myself under ladies underscore love underscore count. We love each and every one of y'all from the depths of my soul. Enjoy the day. Remember what this day is meant for. We will see y'all next Friday. Know that we love each and every one of y'all and it ain't nothing y'all can do about it. Follow your boy and then cut it off.